Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. So we're going to launch this new season with a new series called Go for the One. Did you guys get your bracelets on your way in? Did you get... This new series is like going to a club. You need braces to get in. It's the Jesus Club. (laughs) But this series is going to be challenging. I hope you're ready. Um, Because this series is going to challenge some things about us, about church, about what the point is. So I hope you're ready for a challenge. So we're going to be in Luke 15 for the next few weeks. Luke chapter 15. And we're just going to focus on the first part here today. Again, I hope you're ready to be challenged this morning. Because when you're challenged, you grow. And when you grow, life is exciting. The Bible says this. Tax collectors, the IRS... It's already good. (laughs) And other notorious sinners. Pay attention. Notorious. Not B-I-G. Sinners. (laughs) Pastor know about notorious B-I-G? Oh, yeah. It was all a dream. There's no more good music anymore, so we're stuck in the past. Y'all are rowdy. I like it. Watch this. Often, often, that's a good word, often came to listen to Jesus teach. Often. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain. That he was associated with such sinful people. Shame on you, Jesus. Even eating with them. How dare you, Jesus. So, Jesus told them this story. Jesus loved to tell stories to make a point. He said, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way. There is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. It's not every day that you hear the words God and reckless in the same sentence. 
the reckless love of God. It's not every day that you hear that because the reality is most of us grew up in an environment where that was not how you equated the love of God. Maybe the love of God was judgmental, condemning, harsh. The love of God will smite you if you don't behave. Right? Those are the words you grew up with. Those are the words I grew up with. But when you read Jesus, God in the flesh, he's saying something completely different from what sometimes we have equated the love of God to be. The word reckless is the word impulsive. It's not every day that you hear about God being impulsive. The word reckless is the word careless. (laughs) A careless God? A God that, that will take a chance of leaving the flock to go after one? That's reckless. If you're a businessman, you don't do that. You're like, I got 99. A sheep ain't a problem. Right, I'm good. I'm going to protect this. Forget the one. Right? But God says, no, I'm not okay with that. Because the one matters to me as much as the 99 does. The one matters to me. Matter of fact, the one matters to me more because the 99 are safe. I need to go for the one who is not safe. And that is the reckless love of God. You don't have to know the Bible to know that the most quoted scripture in the world is John 3.16. Do you know it? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for whosoever believes will not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever really paid attention to this, this, this passage that we say it all the time? Did you notice he said whosoever That's reckless. Would you give your son for whosoever? Would you give your greatest treasured possession that you have for whoever? You don't do that. If you're about to make a big decision, you're weighing all your options. You're crossing all your dots. You're making sure this is the right thing. God says, well, I'm going to send him for whoever believes. That's reckless. That makes absolutely no sense. If you think the way we think, God doesn't think the way we think. God says, I'm going to send him and all over the world, anyone who believes that I sent him and he died for them and he rose again for them, whosoever. I don't care who it is. I hope we catch something today that God does not put his restrictions on his love. He didn't say for God so love white people. Or for God so love black people. Or for God so love the homeless. Or for God so love the rich. Or for God so love the poor. Or for God so love cute people. Because a lot of you will be in trouble. <laughs> Including me. Aren't you glad he didn't say for God so love religious people. He said for God so love the world. The world. The world. 
So it's not God putting the restrictions. It's us. It's us putting people in categories. It's us following people into certain parameters. It's us sizing up people. It's not God, the creator of heaven and earth. It's not the God who had the idea of creating a world where no one looks the same. God's idea was that we would celebrate the differences. Not let the differences keep us apart. God's idea was that his family would be this crazy smorgasbord of people who look so different from each other that we can just say, we didn't make this up. There had to be a God who came up with this. For God so loved the world. As we are gathering here in New Bedford, there are gatherings of Jesus' family all over the world, in Asia, in Africa, in the Middle East, and such as. All over the world, there's the people of God. This is the reckless love of God. He leaves the 99. He's not okay with us being here and someone else isn't. He's not settled. The church will never be big enough. Because God's always concerned about one more person. We will never arrive on this side of earth. Because as long as there's people, there's a longing to reach them. There's a desire to bring one more in to the will of God. Did you notice in this passage, there's two groups of people listening to Jesus. They said the tax collectors, the reason why it starts that way in their society, tax collectors were very despised. They hated them. Why? Because they worked for the Roman Empire and they would tax people beyond what they were supposed to tax them. They were making shady money and people hated them. And that's why the Bible starts with, tax collectors came to hear Jesus. And other notorious sinners. The word notorious is saying these are people that you wouldn't want to bring home to your mom. But for some reason, here's Jesus, holy righteous, never did anything wrong, but they feel comfortable to come around to hear Jesus preach the word of God. Just because someone is not living the lifestyle that you think they should live, it does not mean they don't have a heart for the things that God has a heart for. I've been wrestling with this one verse for months. How is it that people who didn't think they belong felt comfortable enough to come around Jesus? Maybe Jesus made sure that no one fell out of his reach when he was walking the earth. Maybe if I am a follower of Jesus, I should look like Jesus. Maybe I don't pick and choose who gets to come around. Maybe that's not my job. Maybe I should stop playing God and just play a vessel in this equation of life. Maybe people who are not there yet should still come around to say, man, I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. Keep teaching me. Keep telling me about this God. Because on the other side of this, these are Pharisees. Understand this. The Pharisees were the biggest religious denomination of Jesus' day. 
People respected them, looked up to them, and said, "We want to. This is amazing. This is what a man of God looks like." And they hated what Jesus was doing. And if you study Jesus' ministry for three years, the only people who had a problem with Jesus were religious. If that doesn't mess you up, I don't know what will. The very same people who were supposed to point these people to God had a problem with how God was bringing them in. That is fascinating to me. These are people who prided themselves after knowing the Bible. They knew it by heart. They prayed. They fasted. They gave when the offering came by. They were the religious people of Jesus' day. And here they are complaining that Jesus was trying to actually rescue people. Jesus said to them, you read it, but you missed the point of it. He said, I want mercy. I want compassion. Rivers of it. I want you to open doors for those who don't think they can come in. I want you to be like me. And you missed the point why you read this thing in the first place. My friends, we can be religious and miss the heart of God. That's scary. The scariest Bible verse I've ever read, I read the whole thing, is in Matthew. Jesus said, not all who said to me, Lord, Lord, will enter my kingdom. Many will, and then they will say, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we drive out the stuff? He said, I don't know you. You don't have my heart. My friends, that should put a reflection in us. Say, do I know Jesus or do I know religion? There's a difference. There's a difference. Here are the people who were supposed to lead people to God. Now opposing God. Did you know this? In the name of religion, you can oppose the same God that you're thinking you're representing. If that doesn't mess you up, I don't know what we're Every day on Facebook, people have fights over religion. And God is not in it. People will, lose, will, will win arguments, but lose the very people they're supposed to win over for Jesus. We got a problem. We have a problem. They equated doing God's will with keeping. Do you know how many laws they had when Jesus came around? They had 650 laws. Just saying that is exhausting. Can you imagine trying to keep 650 laws? I can barely keep one. (laughs) How exhausting that is to have categories for everything. You got to pray this way. You got to give this way. You got to look this way. You better dress this way. You better talk this way. You better walk this way. You better think this way. Like, can you imagine how exhausting that is? And then not only do you have to be exhausted with yourself, but because you're religious, you think you're supposed to put other people in their place. How exhausting. I got to put you here. You there. You're over there. You don't even dare. They prayed, read the Bible, fasted, gave, and missed God. You got to ask ourselves today, are we missing God? 
We may have religion, but are we getting the heart of God in all of this? Because if not, man, we're wasting our time. The, real, the, the Pharisees remind me of a story that I heard about this group of guys who rented an RV to go on a fishing trip. About five or six guys rented an RV and said, we're going on this road trip. We're going to go fishing. And they were all excited. You know, guys, high-fiving, you know, having a good time. Loading the RV, went on this road trip, got there, and the weather was bad. They couldn't fish. So they're inside this RV. And you make the most out of it. Day one, they're like, hey, we'll play board games. We'll hang out. We'll talk. Tomorrow, weather will be better. Guess what? Day two, the weather was still bad. So... They kept trying to make it work. We'll play cards. We'll hang out. How many know that by the time the weather's bad, day three, you begin to now get annoyed with each other because you're in this tight space? How many know by day four, there's furniture moving? (laughs) And they begin to argue with each other and fight with each other. You know why? Because when you're called to fish, you don't fish, you fight. Did you catch that? Jesus said you were supposed to be fishers of man. Not fighters of man. See, the problem is when, when, when religion doesn't have a mission, it turns on itself. When a church doesn't have a mission, it will fight with itself. You'd be surprised how many people will fight over stuff that if we are thinking clearly, we would say, that's ridiculous. Next time you see someone who hasn't been to church, ask him Why? And just try to keep a straight face (laughs) when they tell you why. You'd be surprised. I've seen people fight over parking spots. I've seen board members about to kill each other in a board meeting for Jesus. You'd be surprised what would happen when we lose the heart of God and we begin to make it about ourselves and how I'm comfortable and how I'm right and how it is supposed to be like this. And we miss God completely. You'd be surprised how many people will begin to come to church but just come to, to, to give their opinion of how church was. As if we asked. You'd be surprised the emails that I get. It's not about, Pastor, I just have a heart for the lost. I can't wait for us to do another outreach. I can't wait for us to serve the city. It's, Pastor, uh, I can't believe you said this and I think you quoted that wrong. It's like, listen, when you take your eyes off the mission, anything is a problem. Everything is an issue. Why don't you put your eyes on Jesus? You'd be surprised the emails we get. Like, we are a DJ company. Why don't you play this song? Well, how come you didn't play my song? Well, go to a club and play your song. We're trying to reach people for Jesus in this place. I love what I do. I love what I do. But religious people suck life out of me. I just love what I do. But man, I don't have time for church politics. I don't have time for who is right, who's wrong. Okay, if my theology is not right, go to a seminary. Go get yourself a degree and become a pastor because I'm going to continue to do what God has called me to do. That's all I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to do. 
Hear me, church. They were busy trying to figure out who's in and who's out and miss the heart of God for people. Our job is not to figure out who's in or who's out. Our job is to love people and to change. Our job is to create a place where people can come and receive no matter where they came from, no matter what they've been through, no matter what life has thrown their way. That's our job. And we will continue to fight hard to have a church that is for the unchurched, not for church people. Jesus didn't come for church people. And hear me on this. Hear me clearly. Jesus wants to save some church people. There's a lot of Christians who need to get saved. The Pharisees needed to get saved. There are Christians in houses of God who don't have the heart of God. Jesus wants to save Christians. If you don't hear anything else today, why don't you tweet that? I go to church, but Jesus needs to save me. Now that's a tweet. That's an honest tweet. That's an honest Facebook post. I go to church, but I need the heart of God. I don't have the heart of God. It's possible to be religious and miss the heart of God. The whole point of Christianity is to be like Jesus. Did you know that the word Christianity, is, it, mean, it, it means little Christ? Did you know that if you say you're a follower of Jesus, you're saying, I'm trying to imitate Jesus. I'm trying to be like the guy that I follow. So if that's true, church, are we being accused of the same things Jesus was accused of? When was the last time someone accused you of being friends of sinners? Because we're going to be accused of things in life, no matter what. Some you have no control over. People will have opinions about you. You can't help that. Some you do have control over. Right? But at the end of the day is, what matters to you? What matters to you? If people are going to talk about us no matter what, how about we give them something to talk about? How about we become like Jesus and say, talk about that. Talk about that. How cool would it be if people would begin to, to say stuff about you, but you're like, man, oh, man, that makes me like Jesus. Did you know this? Read your Bibles. In Acts, they were being persecuted. You know what they did? They rejoiced. They're like, wow, we're finally looking like Jesus. When was the last time you rejoiced over someone persecuting you for following Jesus? When was the last time he made you chuckle that someone was trying to make fun of you for being a follower of Jesus? You know you're in good company when you begin to understand, oh, I get it. I, that means I'm actually doing this thing. I'm actually like Jesus. Wow, I didn't know it was like that. My friends, we're followers of Jesus. So we should be accused of things Jesus was accused of. My friends, this has been messing with me. Do people who don't fit certain lifestyle feel comfortable coming around? Because Jesus is in our midst. My friends, do I have friends who are not church people? Because Jesus would be friends with them. Seriously. While we're in the subject, they said he even ate with them. Do you know what that means in that culture? In that culture, if someone invites you to have a meal... 
They're inviting you to have friendship. This was not drive-by Jesus. Because, you know, there's drive-by Christianity nowadays. Find a homeless guy. Selfie. There ain't no ministry. We don't do it for show. I had a conversation with a homeless man the other day. You know what he told me? He said, you're still here. I said, what do you mean? He said, it's been like 20, 30 minutes, and usually people will come, spend two minutes. The moment I start sharing my life, they're like, I got to go. But he says, it's been 30 minutes. You're still here. Why? I said, because you're a human being. You're not a project. You're not a charity. You're a human being. We end up talking for almost an hour. Because he's a human being. You know what happens when you engage people? You find out that people are not that different from you. They have the same hopes, the same dreams, the same desires as you. It's so much easier to put people in category. Why? You don't have to engage them. So much easier to say, look, that bum over there. If you would just get a job. But did you know that that bum had a job? And he broke his back and he couldn't work anymore. And there was no one taking care of him that he had to go live on the street. We gotta have the heart of God in this thing. My friends, we gotta look like Jesus. That's the point. That's the whole point. If we miss that, we miss the whole thing. If you get Jesus wrong, you get everything else wrong. It doesn't matter what you get right if you get Jesus wrong. Jesus was on a mission to bring people together. By the way, he wasn't against the Pharisees. He was trying to say, it's for both of you. That's what he was trying to say. Jesus doesn't take sides because humanity is his goal. We love sides. Tell me if you're a Democrat or Republican. Tell me if you have gun control or not. How many know we can, we can come up with all the gun control in the world, people will still kill people? Because laws don't change people's lives. How many know that all of us today, this week, you've broken a law? How many know the Bible says if you broke one, you broke all of them? So guess what? How many know that none of us deserve to be here today? None of us. None of us. Even the guy who says, yeah, I'm a good guy. The fact that you said that disqualifies you. <laughs> Let's just be clear. Right? How many know we're all in the same category called humanity? And God loves humanity and he's for all of us. Every single one of us. Look at Jesus' mission statement. If, I, if I'm a follower of Jesus, I need to look like Jesus. Look at this, right? In another instance in Luke, look. He says, Jesus left town. You saw a test collector. And again, someone who everybody despised. Levi, his name is Matthew. He's in the Bible, book of Matthew. Sitting at his text collector's booth, follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Later, Levi had a, held a blanket, banquet. Levi is excited. Yo, Jesus invited me to follow him. Do you know what that does to your confidence when everybody despises you, everybody hates you, but God comes around and says, I don't hate you, I don't despise you? You throw a party. That's what you do. Throws a party with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees, the haters, and the teachers of religious law complain bitterly. You know what complain bitterly looks like? It looks like this. You've seen it. 
on Facebook. <laughs> Why do you eat and drink with such scum? What did Jesus say? Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. When was the last time you decided, I'm going to hang out at the hospital? Just for fun. When was the last time you had an issue physically and you went to the doctors and the doctor's trying to treat you, but you're like, doctor, I don't like the way you're doing this. Do you even know what you're doing? Matter of fact, while we were in the subject, I was in the elevator, and that music in the elevator? Are you kidding me? Now, we equate that with church. The conversations we have have absolutely nothing to do with the mission to rescue people, to heal people, to restore people, to see more people come to know Jesus Christ. I don't want to have theological debates. You won. That's why I tell people, you won already. If that's important to you, take it. I want to be righteous, not right. You go ahead and be right. I'm trying to be righteous. You already won. Take the trophy, Pharisee. Take it. We want, I want to sound like a broken record today. We want to be a church that resembles Jesus. We want to be a church that goes for the one. We want to be a church for the unchurched. We want to be a church that doesn't have an insider language. Because it's not fun being outside of an inside joke. You ever been there? Two friends, <laughs> and you're like, what the heck? What y'all laughing about? That's how a lot of churches is. Sanctification, holiness, hallelujah, praise the Lord. What? What's that mean? What's that mean? We want to be a church that anyone can say, whoa, okay, I get it. The greatest compliment that I hear as a pastor, honestly, is, yo, that made sense. I'm like, job done. That's all. That's it. That's it. You ever heard religious people talk? Oh, wait, you don't know what sanctification is? Would you like the King James or? I can break it down to you. I need about two, three hours. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Meantime, people are dying to know Jesus. I am convinced people don't have a problem with Jesus. They have a problem with religion. That's the problem. No inside a language. Going for the one is not an event for us. It's a way of life. It's one of our core values that we will always exist for one more person. Who doesn't know Jesus? The best compliments for me don't come from church people. come from people that don't know church. They're like, I finally get it. There's a God. He does love me. I don't have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G and know the religious vocabulary to get in. Jesus said, if you think you're in, you might be out. Do you read your Bibles? This is the kind of church we want to be. So 
make it clear, Jesus is for the religious and the irreligious. That's the point he's making. He's like, I'm not taking sides. I'm for all of you. For all of you. So listen, I got to rush here. Have you been impacted by the reckless love of God? I didn't ask you if you've been to church. I didn't ask you if you were baptized. I didn't ask you if you were catechized. I didn't ask you if you did your first communion. I didn't ask you any of that. I'm saying, have you been impacted by the reckless love of God that transformed you from the inside out, that made you hungry for more of him? Because if you have, my goodness, it compels you to go for the one. If you have, you can't keep it to yourself. You know, people say, Two things you don't talk about, politics and religion. I agree. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. By the way, I want to make it clear. This is deeper than inviting someone to church. This is about bringing church to people out there. That is the goal of this thing. Right? That's the goal. This series is about bringing the church to the world. Peter, a man who walked with Jesus, said this. About bringing the church to the world. Look, he said this. He said, if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. When was the last time you saw someone come to Jesus over an argument? On Facebook. No one comes to Christ with an argument. No one says, oh, you got me. I surrender. No, it's... With gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, let's give them something to talk about. They will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Because let's be real. The proof is in the pudding. It's not how much scriptures you know. It's how much scriptures you live. How many know some of the biggest jerks in the world know a lot of Bible verses? (laughs) Come on, let's be real. You're like, man, you know all that and you don't know just love your neighbor? (laughs) Because Jesus said, I can summarize the whole thing simply for you. He told him, he said, can I summarize it for you? 650 laws? Can I just like de-stress your life? He said, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's like if you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, of course you're going to do the will of God. And if you say you love God, you, you, by the way, you've never seen, but you don't like your neighbor, you're a liar. It's in the Bible. I didn't make it up. Right? So how do we do this, church? Because I don't know about you. When I hear messages like this, like, hey, I want to. Sometimes I just don't know how to. Come on. Can, we, can you relate to me? Like, I want to. I got good news for you today. I've been working on a tool to help us, right? Because I, I, this has been in my soul for a long time. And God's been speaking to me about this. And so what I did is I wrote a little book to help us get people to Jesus. Okay. So I wrote a book called The Basics. Simple Guide to Christian Living. I've been working on this thing for months. I wanted to make sure it came out exactly how I envisioned it. Small. <laughs> because I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, I can, I can do this. 
Short chapters, because we live in a very short attention span age. Okay. And, and what I did was, you guys can come up. I'm, gonna, I'm ending here. And what I did was, I tested this. This is my alarm. My time's up. I tested this. I gave it to two teachers. And I said, read through this. If you find wording that doesn't make sense to you, let's come back. Let's reword it. Because we want the world to know Jesus, not some people to know Jesus. Then I took it a step further. I took my kids and I said, read this. You're my guinea pigs. Read this. Dad needs to know. Does this make sense to you? And it's so funny to hear, like, they're different things. Like, my six-year-old is like, Dad, I think you made a mistake here. <laughs> I'm dead serious. He came to me, like, worried. <laughs> Middle of the night, he's like, Dad, I got to show you something. I think you meant to say, mayor, not mayor. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Here's my vision for this church. I, I pray you, you come on this ride with me. Here's my vision. My vision is this. My vision that we become people who are confident in what we believe. That we can say, because I, I, a lot of times you'd be surprised. People in church don't know I have a conversation because they're like, I just go to church. You could be in church for 50 years and I know why you're there. So this is a tool to help you first of all and then to help someone who is not in church. My goal, my vision is this, is that you will become familiar with the basics, you will buy another one, and you will find the one to go over the basics with outside of church. We just finished cruise season. Now it's time to start season of cruise for the unchurch. People who are not in the house. Because I don't know about you, this whole thing is boring if I don't do it. Christianity is boring if I'm not actively pursuing others. Here's my vision. My vision is you go to work, just be aware there's someone there who is ready to go deeper. People want to know Jesus. I am convinced of that. Can you imagine a lunchtime? You sit down with someone because you see them every day. Instead of complaining and whining about the fact that it's only Monday. <laughs> How about we go into work with a mission to say, Hey, let's sit down. How about we read a chapter together? What do you think? This is not about convincing people. This is just about having conversations with people. There's no pressure here. It's to just say, hey, I want to extend an invitation to you for us to talk about some of these things. That because all of us are wondering about this stuff. Look, it's very simple. Chapter 1, relationship. Chapter 2, grace. Chapter 3, prayer. Chapter 4, the Bible. Chapter 5, community. Chapter 6, serving. Chapter 7, the Holy Spirit. Chapter 8, go. Chapter 9, generosity. Chapter 7, I mean 10, faith. And chapter 11, be like Jesus. That's it. That's, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Can you imagine? Here's my vision. Can you imagine? Calling someone, texting someone, hey, let's go grab coffee. We can talk about the basics. Imagine how cool would that be if, if we took Jesus seriously and we took him with us? Imagine this conversation is happening in, in, in workplaces, in coffee places. Can you imagine having dinner with people who don't know Jesus? And your neighbors are like, I can't believe you're having them over. And you're like, yeah, that's what Jesus would do. So I'm going to do what Jesus would do. Do you know how exciting your life would become if you lived on mission beyond me, myself, and I? You know how 
weekends will look different. I'm not asking you to invite people to church. I'm asking you to bring church to them. Because eventually, they're going to want to find out about your family. You spend time with people long enough, they're like, man, I need to know. What do you do on the weekends? Oh, man, I'm so glad you asked. We go to this club named Jesus Club. And we turn up. <laughs> oh. It's not hard. It's not hard at all. Look, it's this simple. Look, go to my last slide. You read it, you become familiar with it because you need it, first of all. You can't give what you don't have. You pray. You know what happens when you pray? Oh my God, coincidence will begin to happen. You're like, I don't know anybody. I mean, I don't even know why I'm praying, God. I, don't even, I mean, I don't know anybody. Next thing you know, you're like, guy walks by. Oh, nice bracelet. Oh, um, what do I do now? You engage the one. You start that awkward conversation. Hey, how's the weather? How's the red side? <laughs> and you know, I know you've been asking me some questions. I, listen, I brought you something. I brought you a gift. I'd like you to read this. And then maybe if you're up to it, we can sit down later. We can have a conversation about this and see where it takes. I don't want to argue with you. Man, we just want to talk about this thing. I think you're going to love this. It's not hard, people. It's just about what's happening in our hearts that's going to come out of where we are in our lives. So that is. So these will be available today after church. Let's invest in someone's soul. Let's bless somebody. Because if it's just one, the Bible said it. The whole heaven rejoices over just one person. Just one. But some of you in this room, you have that drive. You're going to go for more than one. I know it. You're going to have crews. That's the crews you should post about. Like, tell people, look what you're doing with your life. Like, you're helping others connect to Jesus. Inspire other Christians to be Christians. Because Jesus wants to save even Christians today. Can you say amen? Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.